Hi again, everyone. We're delighted you've joined us for another story about the Peters children. We think you might be on the edge of your seats with Penelope Peters Gets Lost in the Woods. Like our last episode, this one too is based on the author's real life experience. We're sure you'll want to be quiet and attentive as you listen to a camping escapade that the Peters children will likely never forget. And remember, make sure to listen for the old hymn title or a line from a hymn within the story. When you hear it, write us right away at whimsywins at gmail.com. And if your email is the first we receive with the correct answer, we'll send you a prize. Just like we did for the Christie family of Concord, California, who were last week's winners with the correct answer of the old rugged cross. So hooray for them. Now, are you ready for the story? Here we go. Penelope Peters gets lost in the woods. The Peters family never really considered the summer as having ended until the drive home from their annual Labor Day weekend camping trip. They usually camped at Redwood Summit Lake, and this was by far the kids' favorite trip of the year. Penelope and Pearson didn't only look forward to the woods and the cold mountain lake and the granite peaks and the grass valleys and the smell of cedar trees, but they were most excited for the opportunity to spend time with family friends. One of those families was the Christofferson family, with whom they were extremely close. The Christofferson family had four boys, Caleb, Micah, Jude, Seth, and a little baby girl named Grace. Penelope especially loved baby Grace, and she loved holding her and playing with her. She felt a bond with baby Grace, what with her and baby Grace being the only girls among five boys. She loved baby Grace so much that she was even willing to change her dirty diapers. Whenever baby Grace was napping or eating though, Penelope got along just swimmingly with the rest of the Christofferson family. Their boys were delightful and she and brother Pearson could play for hours together digging in the dirt or picking up sticks. In addition to the Christofferson family, Mama's sisters and their families came along on the trip too. Mama Peters had two sisters, both younger and more newly married. Aunt Larissa was the middle sister and she was married to Uncle Gordon. They had three children, Ellie, Lucy, and Jordan. All of them were younger than Pearson and Penelope, but that didn't matter. They simply adored their cousins. Aunt Kathy, the youngest sister, was married to Uncle William. Their daughter, Rose, who they all affectionately called Mama Rose, was only a year old. But all of the children, no matter their age difference, were devoted cousins. They were also accompanied on their camping trip by dear family friend Megan, who lived down the road and was practically an aunt to Pearson and Penelope. They loved her as much as everyone else. Plus, Megan was a wealth of knowledge about the outdoors. She constantly directed their attention to particular plants and points of interest, doting on the children and patiently teaching them from her vast knowledge bank. This year was no different. The trip to Redwood Summit Lake was only a few days away and Pearson and Penelope were busy helping Mama Peters pack up their trailer, a necessary camping accoutrement. Apparently, when Pearson was just an infant, Daddy and Mama Peters had gone on a camping trip with him. At the time, they'd only had a tent, which provided little shelter for them when an unexpected late summer downpour hit. Daddy and Mama had rushed Pearson into the tent, trying to protect him from the deluge, but it was futile. The water outside began its way inside as it dripped through their old and well-worn tent. Unable to shield Pearson and themselves and their belongings from getting drenched from the rain, 
And after about an hour of listening to poor Pearson's cries, Mama made a historic proclamation. In no uncertain terms, she declared that she was unwilling to camp anymore without something more than a tent. To this day, only Daddy and Mama Peters know the true content of that discussion because Pearson was too young to remember. However, when Daddy retold the story to his children on walks down memory lane, Pearson would often add details because he'd heard the story so often. Pearson felt that since he was part of the story, everyone wanted to hear his perspective, so he was only too happy to embellish his part in it. While no one was quite sure about what had actually happened in that tent years ago, the outcome was certain. The Pearsons never ever again camped without their travel trailer. After the trailer was packed and ready to go, Mama Peters put the children to work in the kitchen. For every camping trip, Mama Peters baked her specialties. Penelope loved Mama's camping caramel brownies, and the s'mores treats were a real hit with Pearson. Now that they were getting older, Mama enlisted their help in putting the sugary confections together for the trip. So that she could also enjoy the time with family and friends, Mama took great pains to prepare as much of the food beforehand rather than spending the time cooking at the campsite. It made camping much simpler since the meals only needed to be reheated and served. Daddy Peters always took the Friday before Labor Day off and the family tried to get an early start. They caravanned with the Christoffersons and Aunts Larissa and Kathy and Megan. Pearson manned the walkie-talkie in the back, which was usually just full of chatter from all of the children as their vehicles drove high into the mountains on switchbacks, heading toward Redwood Summit Pass, where the lake was located. Penelope did her very best not to look down from the back window of their van because the drop off the edge scared her. Mama Peters in the front seat seemed to share her sentiment. Sweetie, please be very careful and go especially slow. Mama Peters' voice was pleading as she tried her best to maintain self-control. Why, of course, darling. Daddy Peters' response was always a little bit too casual to Mama. And as with every other trip, she responded with a more impassioned plea. Her voice seemed to go up an octave as she reminded him, don't forget, we are also hauling precious cargo, honey. You mean those little monsters in the back there? Daddy Peters winked at Mama, who nearly screamed in fear. Please don't even close one eye. Sorry, dear. Daddy reached his hand over to Mama's leg and gave it a squeeze. Penelope watched as Mama moved his hand back to the steering wheel. I love you, but please, please keep your eyes on the road and your hands on the wheel. At long last, Daddy Peters pulled into their campsite and spent the next 10 minutes backing their trailer in with Mama directing him. Pearson and Penelope always sat in the car during this particular portion of setup because it could be just a little bit stressful for Daddy Peters to back the trailer up just right. Oftentimes, Daddy couldn't hear Mama's directions and he frequently had to ask Mama to speak up. So, somewhat raising her voice, she directed, Go slightly to the right! To the right? Daddy Peters questions. Yes, turn the wheel to the right. Now go about three more feet. Keep going, keep going. Okay, stop. Mama Peters threw her hands up, signaling that the trailer was as far back in the campsite as it could get. With Pearson's help, Daddy promptly unhooked the trailer and they all began the task of setting up camp. Pearson and Penelope were in charge of unloading their bikes, their scooters, the paddleboard and kayak, the camping chairs, and the canopy. Daddy Peters was busy leveling the trailer and making sure that the propane was properly attached to the refrigerator so that the food wouldn't spoil. Mama Peters tidied up the inside of the trailer, making beds and putting away clothes. The whole process took about a half an hour, 
But even if Penelope and Pearson were finished with their tasks sooner, the Peters had a rule. No one, no one could run off to play until the whole family unit was finished setting up. Pearson anxiously sat at the picnic table, staring longingly at his bike and stealing regular glances at the Christofferson site to see if they were done with setup. He impatiently looked toward Daddy Peters, hoping to get the signal that he and Penelope were free to play. Is there anything else I need to do to help? Pearson asked Daddy, who was readjusting the chocks under the tires. You'll need to ask Mom about that one, Pierce, Daddy said, bending down to inspect an unseen part of the trailer. Pierce, you can come in and put your clothes away, Mama Peters answered before Pearson could ask the question. Reluctantly, he left his post at the table and stepped up into the trailer. He hurriedly put his clothes away in the cabinets and helped Penelope make her bed. A few minutes later, Pearson yelled, Awesome! when Daddy Peters announced that he and Penelope could run off and play. The convoy of children simultaneously descended on the Peters campsite, all with various modes of transportation, including bikes, scooters, mini cars, and even baby Grace's stroller. The children played and ran around the campsites for an hour until everyone decided to get ready to walk down to the lake. After a quick change into swimsuits and lathering themselves in sunscreen, everyone made their way down to the lake. As they carried all of their recreational paraphernalia, they were all a little poop from setting up camp, so they welcomed the chance to relax and play in the cold, refreshing water. Penelope glanced behind her and noticed all of the ladies relaxing in chairs. Why don't ladies ever swim? Penelope asked Daddy Peters. Honey, you tell me. You're one of their kind, Daddy teased, lightly pulling one of her pigtails. Mama, why don't you ever swim? Penelope quizzed. Honey, the water is freezing. Mama, it's not cold at all. It's perfect, Pearson shouted from his position in one of the floaties. Children are always immune to temperature extremes, Mama noted to Aunt Larissa, who nodded in agreement and answered, Men, too. That lake must be about 60 degrees, and look at all the men in the water. Mama laughed at the observation and turned her head back to her book. After hours at the lakeside, the campers walked to the snack shack at the head of the lake to buy soft-serve ice cream cones. This was a favorite of the Peters children. The tradition had become such a keystone of their daily trips to the lake that it was an expectation taken for granted. Mama Peters noted to Daddy, we could buy several gallons of ice cream for the $60 we spend in soft serve every weekend that we're here. Daddy Peters, usually the more conservative spender, reminded Mama, experiences and traditions are a little bit more expensive, but are well worth the cost, dear. The whole crew stood in line for the cold treat for about 20 minutes before it was their turn. Stepping up to the counter, Penelope ordered the chocolate cone, while Pearson opted for his usual twist, which was a combination of vanilla and chocolate. The Peters stood alongside the rest of the family and the Christoffersons and Megan and enjoyed the oh-so-tasty gigantic cones. After finishing, the gang traipsed back to camp where Mama began to prepare the dinner of chili and cornbread. Of course, nobody felt very hungry, but it went without saying that nobody was going to miss a delicious meal or ice cream. They would all just have to suffer the pains of having full bellies all weekend long. As the sun set and the air grew chilly, the children all changed into jeans and sweatshirts. The mountains were always cooler than the waning summertime of the lowlands where the Peters lived, but it was lovely. The brisk camp evenings were perfect settings for the warmth of the fire, 
where everyone sat around lazily telling stories or chatting about the day as they roasted marshmallows. While Mama prepared dinner, eight of the children, that is, the ones that were able to walk, decided to play hide-and-seek. Pearson was it, and everyone ran off to various parts of the dimly lit woods. Penelope recalled seeing a huge pile of logs from a felled tree down by one of the campsites she had seen on the way to the lake. She raced there, hearing her brother's loud counting fade as she scrambled toward her hiding place. She was there in a few minutes and ducked down behind a large pile, noticing that she wouldn't even need to hide that well because of the growing darkness. She sat there, as quiet as a mouse, as she waited for Pearson to find her. In minutes, she heard the distant yells of the other children, as they seemed to be running toward base. Penelope was sure that Pearson would not be satisfied until he found her, so she continued to wait patiently. As darkness began to envelop the campsite, and all became still around her, Penelope wondered if she should come out. She waited for the ollie ollie oxen free 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 shout from Pearson, indicating his surrender. Still not hearing the familiar catchphrase to come out of hiding, she crept out into the open and began walking in the direction of her campsite. She looked for the giant boulder that was at the head of their campsite loop. She squinted her eyes, straining to see in the blackness of the night. She wasn't sure, but thought that was it, up further ahead. She walked toward the shadow and was thankful to see that it was the boulder she was looking for, but found it strange that it seemed to be in a different place. She knew to turn right into the loop after the boulder, only she couldn't find the path in the dark, and there seemed to be more trees than she remembered. Penelope pressed on, walking straight, certain that the site was up ahead somewhere. After a few minutes, she still could not find her campsite. She felt nervous inside as worry set in. She listened intently for sounds of humans, but could only hear a few distant frogs, the chirps of crickets, and some cracking branches. She thought of the bears they'd seen on prior camping trips and hoped they were sound asleep. Beginning to cry, her face was quickly wet with tears. She walked a tad further and slowly picked up speed until she was running furiously, hoping that it was in the right direction. She was panicked and unsure of what to do. Would she ever see her family again? In the meantime, back at the campsite, the children had all gathered from their game of hide-and-seek, but quickly realized that Penelope was not with them. Mama Peters, upon hearing the news, immediately felt her face flush and began to yell in fear, Daddy, where is she? Where could she be? She's so young! Daddy Peters put his arm around Mama and called everyone in for a meeting. All of the adults and children gathered around, shouting that Penelope was missing. Daddy directed all of the adults to take lanterns and to begin to search. Mama Peters was crying, and she was so upset she began shaking. She looked at Daddy and pleaded for him to find her. The children in the campsite were worried, too, and a few began to cry. In a firm voice, Daddy encouraged her, Mama, we must not panic. God sees Penelope and cares for her more than we do. You need to hold it together and watch the children. Let's pray. Daddy Peters began to pray in a clear and strong voice, Lord, you know where our sweet daughter is, and we ask you to comfort her in this moment and help her to look to you. Please help us to find her in a hurry. Amen. Daddy Peters and the adults rapidly fanned out and started their search. Cries of, Penelope! Penelope! could be heard echoing throughout the campsites and reverberating off the hills. By this time, Penelope had stopped running and tried to calm her sobbing. She began to speak aloud, 
stop. Daddy Peter said to stop. If I ever get lost, I need to stop. I need to sit down. So she did, on a nearby rock where she continued to cry softly. It was ever so still. How she longed for some noise, and she was engulfed in fear. In a moment, though, as she tried to get control of her emotions, she spoke aloud. Mama Peters always says to pray, Lord, please help me. Please help me to find Daddy and Mama and Piers. Please help me. Please keep me safe. And very softly, in the darkness, the song that Penelope had heard on her nighttime CD since she was very young popped into her head and she began to sing. When I am afraid, I will trust in you. I will trust in you. I will trust in you. When I am afraid, I will trust in you. In God whose word I praise. And despite her fears and the quiet around her, Penelope suddenly stopped crying and she felt peace begin to invade her heart. She waited and sang some more. Meanwhile, the search for Penelope continued. As he searched, Daddy Peters yelled, Penelope! Penelope! every couple of minutes. He walked on and feared for his daughter, though he reminded himself over and over that God was in control. He had a tune playing in his head with the line, I ever with thee and thou with me, Lord. On repeat, he walked on, peering into the darkness and shouting again. A few minutes later, Penelope began hearing her name in the distance. The voice grew closer and closer. She couldn't hear whose voice it was, but she was certain it was her name being yelled into the dark night. She was tempted to jump up and run in the direction of the voice, but she waited so as not to get lost deeper into the woods. She yelled back, I'm here, I'm here, over here, over here. She yelled so hard that she could feel her voice losing its strength. Daddy Peters could hear Penelope's voice and ran toward her yelling, I'm coming, Pen, I'm coming, stay where you are. It was moments later that he found Penelope sitting on the rock. Relief swept over both of them as they embraced in a tight hug. Questions like, where were you? What happened to you? And answers like, I found a really good place to hide, began to pour out of their mouths. But mostly, they felt relief. Daddy Peters took Penelope's hand and they scurried back to the campsite. He nearly shouted into his walkie-talkie, Mama Peters, I have her! Penelope began to sob as she heard Mama's voice, thick with emotion, over the receiver. Praise the Lord! Praise the Lord! The whole gang met Penelope and Daddy Peters at the trailer as they walked up. What tight hugs were given as everyone collectively raised their voices in praise to God, who had kept Penelope safe and had directed Daddy Peters where to look. S'mores around the campfire that night were especially yummy, even more so than usual, if that was possible. Daddy Peters gave a reminder talk about what to do if anyone got lost. Penelope thought about the feelings she had experienced only an hour before. She shuddered as she thought about the what ifs. But what was amazing is that she knew for certain that God had taken care of her. And it reminded her that Jesus seeks out his children. She knew that as long as God was with her, there was nothing ever to fear. Mama Peters held Penelope's hand and quietly whispered in her ear, I'm so thankful that God cares even for the sparrows, and he cares so much more for you, my daughter. Penelope couldn't have agreed more, 
and emphatically nodded as she finished off her second round of s'mores treats. Hello, one and all. It's Grandmom's Corner again. I am so thankful that Penelope was found, aren't you? What a terrific ending to the story. She was so scared out there all alone in the woods, which is completely understandable. But then, something happened inside her heart. She recalled how Mama Peters had taught her to pray and to ask God for his help. She knew that God cared about her, just like he cares about you and he cares about me. Do you have any idea about just how much God cares about us? Let's look at Matthew 10, 29. Here's what it says. Are not two sparrows sold for a cent? And yet not one of them falls to the ground apart from your father knowing. A sparrow is a common bird. It's small and most of them weigh less than two ounces. The sparrow is nothing like the majestic eagle with powerful talons. Some eagles have wingspans of over eight feet. That's taller than any basketball player in the NBA. But the sparrow is so small, you might not even notice it when it's perched in the tree. But God does. And guess what else Jesus says about the sparrow? Let's go back to Matthew 10, but this time let's look at verse 31. It says, so do not fear. You are more valuable than many sparrows. Wow. That passage says that even though God absolutely cares about the sparrow, we are more valuable than many sparrows to Jesus. Isn't that great news? So the next time you are scared of the dark, or of a spider, or of a bug, pray like Penelope and ask God to help you. Remember to come back next week for another story about the Peters children. Bye for now.